Welcome to the Draw.Biz Podcast, your weekly dose of fantasy footy content. G'day listeners, welcome back to another episode of The Draft Doctors. I'm your host, Stevie Fizz, or you can call me John Travolta tonight, because it's our face-off show, where we uh, debate hotly two players who we threw it open to the listeners this year, and uh, two players you guys have uh, struggling with in the ranks. We've got different, so we're going to debate the hell out of them today. I'm very thankful for all you listeners being with us through the the preseason, and of course, the new listeners... The new listeners, I love, and I welcome you with open arms. What's going on? And my first guest, if there's one thing I love more than his fantasy advice, it's his friendship. Cam, how are you going? What the hell world have we stepped into, and where the hell is the new listener hating Steve and Cam hating Steve? It's face-off. It's face-off. It's supposed to be angry. You're supposed to be ready to debate. He's changed personalities with someone else. I, my my fear is that he's saving it all up for the actual debates, and it's just going to explode. Uh, yeah, good. Uh, Steve, what if we just wrapped up? What if we just finished the proofing of? Uh, we did the traders pod today. Oh, is that what you meant? It is not. Oh, the draft kit. The draft oh. kit, listeners. The draft kit's out and available on the website. Go to that. It's our major uh, product for the year. We put a lot of time and effort into it, and we definitely check everything. Uh, so there's a lot of great, great stuff in there. 15 players from every club, Stato's Keepers, Ranks, the whole Megillah. Uh, go to the website. It's, uh, it's Cam, you've done it again. You've knocked it out of the park. It's even better than last year. And it looks shit hot. Looks shit hot. It's, it's a, look, it's a, it, for Monty, all for Monty. <laughs> all right. Now, second guest. Well, the Australian of the Year award was handed out the past week. I feel like if there was one for Fantasy Football Pod Guest of the Year Award, he'd make a fine recipient and uh, would certainly give an eloquent speech. Stater, how are you? I'm very well, Steve. A little bit concerned of what you've been consuming today because obviously just uh, uh, a good 25 minutes with the traders and you're up and about. Well, you do the show. It's always... <laughs> I, love doing... I love doing the show with them. They're... They've got so much energy. It's infectious, the love. The love of the community. The love. It's infectious. I think like, he's brained his damage. It's the so yeah. it's the alcohol free beer. It's um it's it's got me in a loving mood. Anyway, a uh, bit of housekeeping. The listen listen league entries closed. Ooh. They closed. Ooh. So, Did you get uh, enough? Well, we don't know. It hasn't actually as of the time of recording it hasn't closed, but um it's ah. closed by the time this pod comes out. So we'll announce the listeners and uh, if you've got into that it's very exciting. There's going to be a very fun... It's a very fun draft. To my knowledge, this sort of draft has never been done in Australia. So we're going to try and make a little bit of content about it. It's going to be a lot of fun in person. For the non-Victorians, uh, we will be running a listener league online. So we can do that. Uh, there will be some sort of competition element. So don't feel like we've left you out. It's just the realities we couldn't plan travel very well uh, this year. So we'll, we'll certainly have something for you. But face off. Face off, here we are. Very exciting. So we went to the listeners. We asked for some uh, for some debates. We went to the ranks, which are available in the kit. In the kit, just uh, nicely laid out and formatted and everything. And uh, seen who we're different on. Boys, 
Why don't you kick us off in the big man department? Cam, you, you've lit it up a couple of weeks ago mm. that Max Gorn was going to be uh, shizen. Yes. So you're going to go to bat for Sean Darcy against the great man has Max Gorn. Oh, Stato's looking like he's done a hell of a lot of research on Sean Darcy. <laughs> well, he, well, he'll yeah. know, to, know how to take down his enemy, won't he? Yeah. Uh, no, this one re- requested by Carla uh, from the Twitters, so thank you very much for that. And much like this fantasy face-off, Stato, this story is going to be one of a young gentleman still building his expertise and craft at the game and a fossil about to be on decline. I don't know if you can draw those parallels there, but you are not the young one. Sean Darcy last year was exemplary. And at the ripe old age of 23, just an incredibly young fella, finally played the majority of a season with 21 games, which is fantastic news. It seems like his body is potentially starting to hold together. Impressively across the season, he had his highest level of disposals per game by almost double on any other season and importantly increased his marks per game almost threefold to 4.3 per game just behind max score so you start to see with these type of stats he's starting to get a bit more around the ground taking those contested grabs it was something like 16th in the league for contested grabs last year so really starting to do that everything else as well as ruck type role that all the top tier ruckmen do when you compare the two the delta in their fantasy uh, scoring comes down to a few key stats two less disposals for sean darcy per game four less hit outs per game a lopsided free kick count which uh did not go darcy's way 22 free four versus 38 free against Whereas Gorn had an even ratio of 33 to 33, right? So he was making them back up uh, by taking kicks and getting those points. The higher kick to handball ratio also sitting with Gorn. That's what we're talking about there is, is actually just a few more things to go his way and natural development to kind of bridge the gap a little bit to Max Gorn. And that's before we even talk about Max Gorn coming back as a result of Luke Jackson. So let's talk about that. Luke Jackson coming back to the pack. Um, at the start of the season, Gorn was taking about 65% of ruck contests around the ground, not just centre bounces, for the Demons. And the remainder was basically split between Luke Jackson, Tom McDonald, and a few other of their, their tools. As the season went on, the ratio started to change. Those other people stopped taking hitouts, and Luke Jackson gobbled them all up. And Max Gorn went down in his overall percentage towards the end of the year. Gorn started spending more time in the forward line. And yes, he is capable of banger games like he pumped out against Geelong. But key forwards aren't great for AFL Fantasy, nor are they that good for Supercoach, generally capping out at 100. If Luke Jackson tandem starts to lean more towards Jackson again, or even if it's more 50-50 split in the ruck contests, Gorn loses opportunity to build a score consistently. There's just no world where Gorn actually maintains if they want to keep someone like Luke Jackson occupied. So if one's coming down and the gap wasn't even that much and the other one is developing, 
natural progression and natural attrition is going to hit. Mm. Mm. What natural. a load of fucking shit. Yeah. That is the worst argument I've ever heard for anything. <laughs> Fuck me. That, that is ridiculous. Now, let's talk about the free kicks. If you're clumsy and you fall over and get injured all the time, when you're falling over, breaking another leg and landing on someone's back, you're going to give a free kick away, mate. That's why he gives more free kicks away. Oh, the poor bastard has enough free kicks. Max gets in front. Max takes the mark. Max kicks the ball. Max gets the taps. I'll go through the last four-year averages for Max Gorn. 111. What did Sean Darcy do that year? Oh, 73. That's only 38 points of difference. Yep. 111. Uh, 90, oh, we've got 69. That's quite nice. But that's 42 points down on the average. 118 versus 60. That's 58. And Sean Darcy, for once, actually put a few games together. Hey, let's let's be careful here. He didn't play a full season. He didn't even start the year as the number one ruckman. They had some other bloke that just sat there and stood and tapped about six times, and he was a better ruckman than Sean Darcy round one. Come round two... Sean Darcy gets a game because a couple of the big fellas up forward got injured. But no, not allowed in the ruck. He's got to stay forward. It wasn't until the other bloke got hurt that he got a hit in the ruck. Mate, he's no chance to beat Max Gorn. And Luke Jackson can actually spend 50% of the time. Max will just kick 28 goals instead of 14. Max Gorn. You are He's way better. Now, what I will do, I'll just go to that marvellous little draft kit that we uh, just put out three days ago. It's actually available through our website, people. Just go and have a really good read of that. And I'll go through Cam's. We'll go through Cam's um, ruck ranks. How about that? Let's see what his ruck ranks are. So we'll just have a quick little look. It's a big document, this one. I'm up to 150 pages trying to find the ranks for the rucks. That's a pretty big document. It's a ripper. It's a good read. Get into this. Now, I'll just find it. Here we go, and I'll zoom in so I can see. So Cam's got Max Gorn is number two for Steve, for Jono, and Stato. Sean Darcy, across those three boards, are all behind. Cam, because he's got a little argument, three days ago, he put it in the draft kit and slotted up Sean Darcy at number two. This man's got no idea. When you go to the rankings, ensure you follow Steve, Jono and Stato. End of lesson. Am I allowed to respond or is this... uh... Now, no. It could go on. It could go on for a long time. So maybe we don't respond. Hmm. To, to actually, to actually be fair, um, for some reason I thought I was on Sean Darcy, and I wrote a diatribe You've for done. the reasons why Sean Darcy. So that was just all made up, people. But I still think I won. Hmm. Mm. Well, it was a very animated discussion. Just the listeners don't really get that experience uh, through their ears. But uh, it, it was, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's because, oh, you see his drink? He doesn't have the fucking lime in it. 
He's angry. Yeah. He didn't get <laughs> yeah, he didn't right. get the lime, and now he's he's furious. Jeez, the supply chain <laughs> beat you on that one, Camp. There's no limes in Darwin. How did I? It's the first time it's hit me. Besides Nando's being out of chicken. Really? I actually went yeah. to Wool. I went to Woolworths this morning. I do my ten k each and every morning. Sort of head off at about five thirty or so, and on the way back, always pull into Woolworths. You know, pick a bit of fruit and veggie for my day. I actually walked into Woolworths uh, in the centre of Darwin. And there was not a thing on the shelf, fruit and veggie or meat. The only thing that they actually had in that section was a bit of stuff in the deli. That was it. Nothing's getting up here. You know what supply chain's not broken? Local producers. Local stores yep. are still full of stock. Go go local. Yep. Very, very good. Good call, Cam. Uh, just unlike, like unlike your ruck call. Uh, no, just like Sean Darcy. Come on. You just had to say he's a Western Victorian, you would have won. Um, mm. Yeah, well, the listeners can vote on that. We're going to do um, polls, and uh, they, they can vote for Stato again as usual. And Cam, <laughs> we'll, just, we'll just fight it out for the scraps. Yeah, like a bit of bit of lunch meat at the deli in Darwin. <laughs> so, <laughs> best we can hope for. Uh, why don't we have a battle? Um, Cam, Cam, we've been hot on this one. Uh-oh. You've wanted it for uh, for weeks. You've got a uh, Andy Goatshaw mm. against Sam Walsh. You, you're picking on another. Oh no! Wait, you represent a Western Victorian. Well, you're picking on a Western Victorian this time, and I can't think it's a good thing. Why don't you tell oh, us about Andy? You t- I, I've just I'm 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 hot under the collar after that one because Stato spread so much fake news about why Lloyd Meek is in the team. So why, why don't you start? Uh, for for me there, Steve. Oh, I'm going to start. Okay, so I'm representing... Uh, who am I representing? Sam Walsh. Sam Walsh, the great man from Carlton, who's just stepped into the league from day one, hasn't missed a game, and just produced banger after banger after banger. banger? He's the unquestioned best player at Carlton, best midfielder. And he, he just produces fantasy results every week. He's done nothing wrong. People might look at uh, Adam Chera coming in, maybe a George Hewitt coming in, but he was already dealing with good midfielders in that team. Ed Kerno produced a really good... He produced a really viable fantasy season for the first half. If you go back and look at his averages, he was right up next to 100. Matt Kennedy came in at the end. Cam's losing his shit because it's true. That's what happened. We were all using Matt Kennedy last year to great success with his forward status playing out of the midfield and just dropping massive scores. You're going to look for George Hewitt to come in, play a bit more of a defensive role. That'll only help, help the great man, Sam Walsh. You'll love watching him play. All he does is produce. So there's probably even more room for tackles for Sam Walsh. Uh, doesn't really... Hasn't really had a heap of that. That's something Ed Kerno really does the heavy lifting in. So I'd look for him to even improve there. People might talk about the tag. He got tagged a couple of times. Not every team tags for starters. That's why he continue. That's why I continued to just knock out one twenties after the tag happened. And it's just another preseason for one of the elite elite runners of the AFL. Got Andy Brasher over there. I, I don't know what Fremantle are going to produce this year. To, to me, if I was looking at the two players and saw one was going to be tagged, it's actually Brayshaw. You, you, you've lost Chera. The, their other midfielders are sort of falling apart. Yes, you got Sarong, who's potentially up and coming, but you, you know we're yet to see it over a full season, which I think is fair. Fife's 
you know, plays half a season. At best, Mundy's already injured. Sean Darcy, well, he gets injured like every other week. So it's a really, to me, it's a team that might take a step up. We know they've got some key defenders back, but it's a team that might really struggle. Yes, he's the the main key in the midfield, which I, I like. That's a good thing. But I just don't see how it's going to be consistent if that team struggles and he is just going to be the focus of opposition attention for mine. Look, they're all okay points. I think the <clears throat> just a couple quality mids. He was already playing with quality mids, and you proceeded to list out Ed Kerno and Matt Kennedy. <laughs> yeah. Come on! Well, they 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 pulled volume out. They they did. They were good up. fantasy producers. Oh yeah, okay, but they're not quality mids, are they? Well, they're I counting stats. They're counting stats. Yeah. They, so that's a no. I, look, I think there is a tremendous amount of upside for Brayshaw, actually, even when we're talking about the fact that he's going to be the only midfielder in... Well, he's going to be the main man in that group. He's come. He's going to be about 22 and a half, I think, going into the season, which is a pretty good age, but it's still a lot to put on a young man's uh, shoulders to try and shoulder all of that load in the midfield. And think about how much harder it is for someone coming in at 21, still developing to be the best player in the team. There's a fair bit of weight on Sam Walsh, and I I really think that when you consider how damaging he is and was last year, so he's 19th in the league for score involvements. So not only is he doing a lot of work around the ground, he is hitting the board or adjacently hitting the board. He's 13th for total disposals. Like, is there upside there or not? That feels like it's pretty close to a ceiling. Um, and he only got tagged twice throughout the year. And I, I'm hearing a lot of talk about, oh, you can't tag him. He's the best runner in the game. Tag doesn't have to be one person tagging, right? There are things that coaches can do to put a net around someone and make sure that in any segment of the ground, there is someone watching him, right? If they can control Sam Walsh, they'll control the Blues. That's how influential he is. And I think coaches are going to start planning for it. They probably didn't care too much last year because the Blues were terrible with their quality midfielders like Kerno and Kennedy. But next year, they're going to have a whole different on-ball system. And for that reason, I think Walsh is more likely to cop some attention. I hear you about Andrew Brayshaw copying attention because he's the only guy there. But he has so many stats where he has upside to develop. Like, he only scored eight goals for the year. That is remarkably low for a person like him who actually floats forward. He had 28 disposals on average, so there's probably a couple that he could notch up there as well. 4.7 tackles, pretty similar to Walsh in that there's a little bit of upside there as well. I I, it's, I actually think this is closer to a coin flip than any of the um, debates that we're probably going to do on the show. But the community is so hot on Walsh that it means that someone like Brayshaw is going to present more value in drafts. For example, in today's you know thing with the traders, we did there was a, the traders, the keeper league guys, the draft doctors, and a couple of journos where we ran through the first two rounds of the draft. That'll probably drop the day after this does actually on the AFL website. Brayshaw went a full ten places after Walsh, right? So that means that. 
there's a whole bunch of value there. So it may not just be from a, yes, you know, I, I actually do think Brayshaw will outscore Walsh, but it may not just be that he'll outscore him. He'll be better value in drafts as well. Well, that's a fair point. He might, be, he probably will present a lot better value. I will give you that. Uh, I don't think he's going to be able to hit the score. If Fremantle are going to struggle, I'd expect Carlton to be a better team than Fremantle next year. I'm, I'm actually, right? yeah. So, mm. it, like, he yeah. blows him away in Supercoach. All right, so you can't. So this is really an AFL fantasy debate. So I think a lot, yeah, of, correct. A lot of the positivity is about Supercoach. If right. that makes sense, and, and if they're getting guys like Charlie Kerno back, then he should, then Walsh should be better. Yeah, okay. because it's pretty hard to see that one. So, but in AFL fantasy, I, I agree it could be close, and, and I probably have it closer than the the public. So, I, I still think Walsh is better. Okay, that one was probably too polite. Felt a bit polite. I don't Steve. feel angry. I don't feel angry these days, Cam. It's probably not going to be a great show if I'm coming in with this attitude. But anyway. You need to do the intro again and just blast everyone. <laughs> just well, come in with the guns. Well, where, where you, I, I think you missed the, missed the easy point on Brayshaw is that he can move inside. Because he was really a split outside player last year. He was mm. one of those... Um, really, he had that even split. So if he moved inside, he should be able to actually pick up some contested balls. Should be able to bump up the tackles marginally. So I'd say that's where you probably get me. I just I just want Sam Walsh. I think there's too many question marks on Brayshaw. I I feel he's you'll get safer. more 90s. You'll get more 90s. See, I reckon he can increase his floor to to remove some of those 90s. That's what uh, that's where I think the, the upside is for Brayshaw is an increased floor. Mm. I'm mm. taking a better better runner in a better team who's already better. Well, hasn't played his fourth year. He's already better. Well. Stato, you, Stato, Stato on me. I'm gonna Stato's representing my boy Noah Anderson. I'm representing Matt Rowell. Why don't you swap it on Stato so he has no notes again? That seemed to work out well for me last time. <laughs> I don't know what we. Know. I should have show doctored. I was just like, I felt like we were in such a good rhythm. I'm like, ah, the boys will get it. They'll figure it out. <laughs> so, so no, anyway, there people. We had more questions about Matt Rowell than I think any other player. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So with Noah Anderson, I think he's the perfect mix of inside and outside player. He's done a great apprenticeship, playing 37 games in his first two seasons. So ready for that beautiful third season breakout. 58 average his first year, 81 average for year two. And now I think he can get around the tonne. His four highest scores last season were 120, 118, 120, and 115. On the other hand, Rao has only played 17 games. His four highest scores last season was 73, 71, 70, and 68. Didn't even get one nice score at all. Uh, his two averages have been... As we know, 70 in 2020 in his uh, first season where he only played the five games and a measly 55 this season, um, noting that they're both injury impacted, but that's the biggest question mark and issue on Matt Rowell. Can his body hold up? And just to give you an example, a man I trust and care for very, very deeply, and when I look at his ranks, I go, Cam, you're a very smart man. 
because he has Anderson at 37 and Rao at 42. Oh, Stato. Uh, look, uh, you know what? I, I know I'm not in this debate at all, but I feel like the the whole old fossil argument is coming true here because Stato came in so fucking hot against me and you've got mild Stato, Steve. You're copying mild Stato. <laughs> That's bullshit. I think my good love vibes I, have just... just they're, they're just winning over the group. <laughs> no, I, I actually had something prepared here. I just didn't have to make it up on the run. <laughs> and when, when you scream incoherently... You get an opportunity to make a couple of markups, and you can swear a little bit while your brain's thinking of the next thing you're going to say. So it's it's a good stalling <laughs> tactic. Well, I think this is where I usually win. I just come in hot, angry. Probably don't have better points, but just yell my opponent down. Yeah, yeah. sort of. Yeah, so I'm just yeah. yeah, just don't have it this year. Anyway, Matt, well, are you done? Is that it? Yeah, yeah. I'm so done. it's just Matt Rowe's injury prone. No, not at all. That, that was the it's argument. Noah Anderson's actually done a, a, a true two-year apprenticeship and building his scores and show that he's got a great ceiling with 121, 18, 120, and 115 in four of his uh, last 10 games last season. The boy is kicking on. It's hard to argue against my boy, but unfortunately I'm down on him for fantasy this year. Reasons being, not that I hate him, I mean, he's a great player, but... I just don't think he's going to be as good as Matt Rowe this year. you got more talent coming back into the team. Seven tackles per game have just walked out of that team. A lot of tackles available. That's going to help you build your score. Stato will talk about the inside-outside player being a great fantasy player. That's not the case. That's not the case, to be honest. That's the outlier. If you go through all the top players from this year's in AFL fantasy... Let's have a look. Yeah, they all finish in the top three of their club in CBAs. If you go down to the 50% range, you're looking at the outliers like Brayshaw, Kelly, Torano as being the, the superstars. Those players have guys who don't win the ball on the outside in their team like Jacob Hopper, etc., etc. If you give me the inside guy who can win the ball on the outside, we've seen, I know there's yes. only been glimpses from Matt Rowe. That's him. I believe Fiorini will be in there before Anderson. Anderson to me is the fourth peg. So that's where I have the problem, and I I realise Matt Rial's injury prone. I realise that, and it's going to take a bit of team building. But I think he's got the upside, whereas I don't think Anderson's going to consistently produce eighty five plus scores uh, every single week. I think that's in Rial's wheel bag. I just don't see it from that inside outside guy, unless he's like super super special, which maybe he Anderson is. I'm just a little bit concerned, especially when you got so many. Really good ball winners on the outside. We're looking at Brandon Ellis like he was just the top fantasy player um, for the first two months of last season. We've seen Jeremy Sharp come along, really hot fire. Uh, I know he's only young, but he's looking the goods. To me, there's so much. There's so many guys who can win the ball on the outside in that team in that mark heavy system. That's what holds Noah Anderson back. Give me the guy who can do it on the inside. That's Rao. I reckon there's two ways to look at it in draft format, so I'm picking Noah Anderson well before Rao, but in salary cap, because Rao's so cheap, and he will have hype because he's so cheap, that people that are salary cap-centric will be on Rao more than Anderson. But I must, and I'll be honest here, I'm really interested to see how this plays out between those two. So we're talking number one and number two in the drafts. I reckon it's actually going to be 
incredible how they develop together. But I actually think in the longer term, I think Anderson's going to have more capability. I think he'd be a better super coach pick. Um, yeah, it's it's interesting. But... I, I, look, I, I still don't understand the the super super coach scoring at times, but I think there's more elements to Noah Anderson's game than what Rouse an inside bull. But if you talk and say Jack Steele's an inside bull, but I think there's a major difference between Steele and, and Rao, you can say there's this big thing. But So I, I would look at Noah Anderson has got more chance to be a Jack McRae. No, no way. He won't tackle like McRae. Yeah, it'd be interesting. He's got a fair bit to develop yet, mate. Yeah. I'll, yeah, well, I think we'll see. We'll see he'll play out. more like McRae. And Rao will play more like Steel. Oh, well, if they end up like those two, they've done pretty well. Yeah. Stato, you're taking on Cam next. He's got... Who have you got? Jesus Christ, what have I done here? <laughs> oh, Cam's got Cornelio. And Stato's got his boy Taran. Taran. Very exciting. Very exciting. Because there's going to be people in drafts who miss out on those real top-tier forwards, and these guys are going to be someone's F1. So I'm really yep. excited to hear this debate. Yeah. Stato, you want to go first? No, no, you go first, Cam. Okay. I'll scream at you later. Great. That's great. I'm really prepared for that. <laughs> great. Uh, just let me, uh, let me settle in here. <sighs> okay. Listeners, that, that draft kit, by the way, and remember, listeners, I love you, especially the new ones. It's a great yeah. way to support us buying that we draft kit. It's, it's fantastic. It's, it's a great resource. Yes, quite. Yeah. So this one's simple for me, Stato. Sim- oh, jeez, he's got an angry face on already. All I did is this one's simple, and he frowned. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm reading and thinking. Sorry, yeah. my apologies. It's so got Cog- no attitude towards you. <laughs> Cogs is a proven scorer. And he's going to have a full preseason under his belt for the first time in absolutely ages. At the start of last season, there was a rumour Cox would be a permanent half forward and that it would really hamper his scoring. But that actually didn't eventuate. He spent the first two weeks before he got injured heavily involved at the centre square. He pumped out two decent scores of 85-90 before missing the rest of the year or most of the rest of the year with injury. I think... That's probably about where he'll score this year, is that 85 to 90 range. The thing is with Cogs, he has a higher ceiling, so there's a lot of upside there. He could potentially go 100 plus. He's done it before. Um, I think his ceiling was 110 one year for an average. Uh, And his floor is probably about 80, I would suggest. So if he plays, he's probably at worst going to get you about an 80. Now, digging into Tarin, Thomas you know, he everyone is so high on him going really, really well this year. And you look at his average and you say, yeah, you know, it's a pretty good average. And then you look at his, you know, back half of the season and you go, wow, that's actually a really good average. If he does what he did in the back half of the season, that's a no-brainer. He's for sure going to break out. But I think what people are maybe missing is the role went a long way to determining how he scored. And there's a couple of really interesting circumstances that led to it. So 
In the first eight games of the year, he averaged 66.2 AFL fantasy points. Right. Looking at the team lists in these games, the Brews were short both of their wingers. Their first choice wingers in Luke McDonald and uh, Trent Dumont. Right, so not sorry. Not, would you call them both first choices? That's dude. We're we're at North at this point, right? <laughs> this is Arden Street. They don't have much. All right, you need to stop kicking them while they're down. <laughs> but the they 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 are the first choice wingers, right? And it, it actually meant that he, whilst he did attend some centre bounces, he played more on the outside, right? So it meant that he had a different role. Then when Trent Dumont came back, which actually coincided with Jaden Stevenson getting injured. From that point on, he averaged like 90, right? So for the rest of the season, his average was 90 after round eight. But the fact that he needed a Jaden Stevenson injury and then someone else to come in and play a wing role means that maybe he's not in the core center bounce rotation. And that's before we talk about Jed Anderson or Ben Cunnington because they weren't there, right? So there is, I believe... A world where actually he's there's a world where he actually goes into the mid and, and completely brains it, right? But he probably brains it for about a ninety average, right? The floor on him is probably still sixty six, right? So you've got a fair window there where it's you know yeah you know if everything goes his way and and nothing goes against him. He averages 90 and you've got a, a decent F1. If he's needed to play on the outside, he averages 66. You've got a serious burner on your hands. Whereas with Cogs, yeah, he's he's got the injury history. He's still 28. Like, there's still enough time there. And his injuries, so everyone's aware, aren't soft tissue. So it's the syndesmosis injury which took him, he broke his ankle. Like, these are uh, injuries that, you know, a tackle goes wrong and you're kind of screwed for half a year. Whereas, you know, because he's not getting those soft tissues, I still think there's, the durability can be maybe overlooked a little bit. No, you're, you're right. Cogs has never been a burner to any of us. So um, let's go Taran. Um He's a player on the rise and... Cogs is on the way down. Now, there's sometimes where on the way down is not always a negative, but in this case, it actually is. Last <laughs> last season, we saw the potential uh, and we saw a bit of a change of role from round 16. So the last seven rounds for Taran was 86, 88, 126, 115, 96, 78, 120, and an average of 101.3. So if he does get the good role, and the important piece here, if you actually look at the results of North Melbourne, how competitive they were, it coincides with Taran having an increased role through the midfield and as a high half forward. Um, that average would have had him in the top three forwards in the competition last year. That his, is his potential. He was only in his third season last year. Seen him personally actually rip apart a game, senior grand final, state league model, at age 17, this boy is made to play through the midfield and wing. That's where he can dominate. He only played 76% of game time for an average of 81.2 last season, as we heard. 
uh, was a slowish start when he was deep forward. Then he moved up the ground and was quite uh, impactful after round 16. So we expect that natural to develop, development to continue heading into his fourth season, and you expect his time and ground to improve as well. So I think he's set for a massive season. So very quickly, let's talk about Cogs, 28 years of age, seven games in 2017, 15 games in 2019. He only did a documentary in 2020, and that didn't come off well either. And just five games in 2021 with a lovely average of 59. And that's not separating of whether he was through. And the last point I'll make is Cam was a special guest with the traders today. And with his first pick, he went Tim Taranto in the draft. And he was talking about Tim Taranto is a gun. He's training with the midfield. He's not going to leave there. Cogs is up forward he's got that role that's why i'm picking him at number two i think it was no i was two Num- was it number, was number three? three but that's a, a terrible number three overall in the draft tim taranto because cogs is shit you- <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, state, of, state of the resemblance to donald trump where you just kind of take something that happened you know, add whatever you want to it and take whatever you want out of it and then just spout it is is phenomenal. Like it so that <laughs> my, my favorite one, my favorite one is the only thing he did in twenty twenty was star in a documentary. It look, it was good. Pat yourself on the back. Uh yeah. the <laughs> <laughs> you know, after literally between when we recorded that and now, and look I looked at the matchup and I was like He's going to ping me on that for sure. <laughs> but, uh, so what I actually said is that he's training with both. So they, they do expect yeah, him to have yeah, spurts yeah. through the mid. But yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And look, that's, uh, that's kind uh, of why I said his his ceiling or his range for an average will be about 85, 90. It's not, it probably isn't higher than that. So going to a great resource in the Draft, draft Doctor's uh, draft <laughs> kit for 2020. Uh, so looking at Steve, so he's got Taran at eight, uh, with Cogs at seven. So he's just got Cogs in front. Uh, we go to Jono. He's got Taran at 10 and Cogs at 14. So he's got Taran just ahead. Uh, myself, I've got Taran at eight and Cogs at 11. And then you have Cogs at eight uh, and Taran at 13. So you can sort of see that. It's a 50-50 split of who's got what ahead. Mm. And I think on... On potentially, if they're both fit and healthy and both got good roles, their output both could be really good this year, and it may be only one or two points that actually separate them. Yeah, yeah, that does feel like you're conceding. The um, what? no, not at all. I actually said I had Taran at eight and uh, Cogs and eleven, and as our listeners. The, the people we love, Cam, so stop disrespecting them. <laughs> they choose Stato when we go to a vote. So, in other words, I ain't conceded, buddy. What, like, what are you, what's our tar and ceiling? Like, what can he average this year, do you think? As a truther, well, what is he average? Well, I, and that's why I explained, it, if, if he does that role and their form improved dramatically when he was in that role, so I concede expanding, not decreasing, Last seven rounds, he averaged 101.3. So what's his ceiling for a season? It's 100. Cool. Good one. 
Mm. Some uh, interesting opinions there. Cam. Yeah. You and me. Fuck, I haven't researched this one either. You got Jordan Dawson, the new Adelaide Crow. Uh, yep. And I got Dyson Heppel. Why don't you shoot from the hip with your Dyson take about, you know, 30-year-old who's going to come back from two feet injuries and just brain it? Yeah, he did come back from feet injuries and brain it, didn't he? He was no. fucking great last year. Mm. Go yeah, on. Yeah, that's right. Well, he was great, and he was better than Dawson. And uh, one of them's changed clubs. I remember someone else who changed clubs who was going to light the fantasy world on fire. Going to go from defence to a more midfield position. Zach Williams. How did that work out for everyone? How Poorly. Poorly. dare you? <laughs> there you heard it. Jordan Dawson, the new Zach Williams. No, I actually like Jordan Dawson. But the problem is, is actually a, an already good winger at Adelaide. Yes, he might have concussion. But uh, he, was, he was in the All-Australian <laughs> squad. That's what you got to look at. He was in the All-Australian squad last year. That's how good he was. Of course, I'm talking about Paul Seedsman. Someone might say, oh, there's two wings, though, Steve. There's two wings. The only problem is there's one football. <laughs> so they can't both get it. Uh, I like Jordan Dawson. Just give me Dyson Heppel, who just came in after missing so much time. We know he's been a fantasy star in the past, an absolute seagull of a human being who just loves getting loose ball. I don't expect too much to change in the Essendon back line. We know they brought in Jake Kelly. Uh, from the Crows. But they've moved Aaron Francis forward, so I'd expect Ridley to keep uh, whatever role he had last year, whose scores just absolutely torpedoed when he lost the monopoly on the kick ends. We know Dyson Heppel didn't have a market, like a huge share of that, but he, he got enough of it to, to be relevant and really just take away from Ridley. But Heppel is just the man across that half-back line. He is just a machine, and he just does it all so well. There's a lot of players at Adelaide who, who really do well at the outside ball. And you, you got guys coming back into that team like Matt Crouch and Wayne Malera or Millera, uh, who, who are great players on the outside as well. So I expect there to be a lot of competition for Dawson. And I go back to it, give me the guy in the good team. If they're sort of close together, I want that better team. We know winning football is usually good for fantasy football. Not always, but... I really don't. I really don't see a world where changing clubs, where there's not, it's it's not an immediate need, uh, is a good thing. Mm. Mm. I just for for Dawson, right? He had an unbelievable back half of the year, like super super good. Went, unbelievable, three tons. Yeah, I didn't believe he was going to get one ton. <laughs> uh, no, like he was really good and let's not uh, overshadow the fact that one of those tons is 158 right in both formats so still pre- pretty darn good I, I think where Jordan Dawson was maybe limited at the Swans could be his biggest strength at Adelaide and I say limited and he was still you know a 90 average player last year but he was limited because he changed roles so frequently he he went to the wing he went back he went to the wing he played forward and then he went back to the wing and then he's back again you know it's the the lack of stability in his role i think contributed to the fact that his scores had such variance from something like a round 13 69 afl fantasy points very nice 73 super coach to you know that 158 ceiling in round 23 or 114 in round 20 I, 
I I think that he'll have more consistency in role when he goes to Adelaide, and they've touted him, for, yeah, hashtag more mid-time, but it's a role that when he was in the juniors, he, he was ex- exceptional at. He had in very, very, very impressive junior numbers playing on the inside, um, and there is every chance that if they see him as that, you know, extra cog in the midfield, don't get me wrong, there's so many people there. Yes, Steve, yes, there's so many people there, but he would add a different dimension because Matt Crouch, Ben Keyes are the same player. Rory Sloan, pretty slow these days, so he's falling into that same player type mould. Harry Schoenberg has a little bit more grit, but he's probably still, you know, a bit of a... uh, We should use the term waddler to describe Adelaide's midfields. Waddler or non-waddler. And it's... He's a non-waddler, and they need a non-waddler through that mid. Yeah, I think it's a team with a lot of moving parts. Um, yeah. Who's going to be? Who's going to be? Who was better last year? Was it Adelaide or Sydney? Uh, it was Adelaide. Mm. At mm. better at being worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And so yeah. who's going to be better next? Year? Like, is going from a, a good club? Oh, I can't see that being a positive, man. If you're on the wing, you you want to be in a better club, surely, than than a a bag of dicks. Yeah. Look, it's fair point, and it's one that. We're going to go back to the rankings, and we we this show is normally about just being completely biased, right? So you have to be like on a person and never give in. But in this one, I, I again feel it's close enough to a coin flip. And I, I pr- don't, I really don't. I think it's easy. You know what you're going to get out of Dyson Happel, like as much as you can say, oh, he's he's had injuries. He played 18 games last year. That's good enough for me to say he's he's passed it. Uh, once you get past your foot injuries, you generally passed it. To, to me, you know what you're going to get out of him, Jordan. You don't know what the fuck you're going to get out of him. He could play anywhere again. Like, look at that team. There's so like we're talking about Harry Schoenberg breaking out, and we're going, well, he's got to get past these guys. Plus, you got Miller coming back, and you got Crouch coming back. Well, I, I don't like, and it can happen, right? He, he's obviously good, but I don't understand how it happens. Dawson, you got all these guys coming back into this team. They're clearly not winning the flag this year, so why are they investing in the old guys? But the old guys played their role pretty well, I would have thought. So I, I don't... They're a team that I sort of used to look at uh, St Kilda. I didn't know what to expect out of them. I'm starting to look at Adelaide that way this year. Yeah, right. So I don't want him as my D1. I'm completely fine with Heppel as my D1. Can't have Dawson as D1. I, I actually, What do you think about the whole... So you're saying Ridley's going to play the same role, and I think that's not accurate. Right, so everything coming out of the hangar at the moment is Jake Kelly will play the role that Ridley played last year, which will free Ridley up to be more of an interceptor and damaging sort of distributor of the ball. That to me is the role that, not the intercepting, but the distributing role is what Heppel played. Yeah, well, Ridley already had shit tons of intercepts. Yeah, he well, he did, but he he also most of last year and what contributed to his low scoring was one he he lost a lot of the kick out. Uh, market share to Redmond, and yeah. two, he played more of a lockdown defender. If, if, if that they, if they're moving happen, someone out of that area and they're yeah. just putting someone in, I, unless there's someone else, I, I don't know. I I, I, just, I, yeah. I feel like Dyson Heppel's role isn't as clear cut as it was last year, uh, and the fucking... the uncertainty, Steve, around Dyson Heppel is just as much as. Jordan Dawson. Oh, you're on crack. That's fucking <laughs> stupid. He's the captain. 
He's the yeah. captain. Oh, yeah. Okay. And captains have never been, you know... No, but they're not going to go away from a major ball-winning captain, are they? I mean, maybe they will. Maybe maybe he goes idiot. back to the wing. Um, good. And hurts his feet again. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Oh, you're an idiot. Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, I don't like it one bit. Stato, let's move on to something a bit more sensible. What do we got here? You got Dan Houston. I got Nick. Jesus Christ! How did we write this down? Nick Newman. This is a this is Jag. a debate people wanted to hear. Yeah, wow. Jag v Jag. <laughs> so let's jag it up. All right. Uh, I know we always think of Broadbent when we think about standing <laughs> brilliant high scoring defenders for Port Adelaide, but Dan Houston is getting pretty close to Broadbent territory. Unlike Nick Newman, Dan the Man Houston doesn't just play two games one season, ten another, and a 14 games the next season, all which Newman has actually done. So for the last four seasons, he has played a total of 46 games. Dan the Man, almost broadbent, has played 75 games in that same period. And they are Jags, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. They're both going to be playing that sort of half-back or sweeping last-line defence. They're both going to rack up appeal. They're both going to have some ceilings, and they're both going to have some flaws. But I go to the man I respect the most. It's Cam. He has Houston at 22 and Newman at 27. Enough said about Dan the man, a.k.a. Broadbent, is way better than Newman. Yeah, he really did well posting that one ton after round six. Now, he's he's someone you really want. Um, someone who gets worse as the season gets on. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm looking for. Peaks we- early and then struggles his way through. Yeah, we've never been burnt by Dan. I'm getting more <laughs> midfield time. Jack Bowes, the original... <laughs> Uh, yeah. Houston before. Yeah. Uh, we've never seen that story. I-, I want someone who's actually gotten better as the season went on in the in the last year, and that's Nick Newman. Well, so he, he, mix, he, he mix, misses the first 14 games, so automatically eight. gets better in the second half eight. of the season. Eight. It's only eight. Did remarkably eight. well to come back from that. Showed perseverance that Dan Houston would never possess. Mm-hmm. So he came out, had, what is that, four tons? Jeez, four tons in the last, God, ten weeks. Amazing stuff. Uh, we can't, you know, we're not going to sit here and gloat about Sam Doherty missing time. That's very unfortunate, uh, but it's a reality of prognostication of fantasy football. There's a clear, clear uh, top-end fantasy role in that defense, which I expect Nick Newman to fill. We know is an absolute... Uh, ball hog down there loves getting on the end of a few marks and loves using his foot he's already put together a couple seasons far better than anything we've seen out of perpetual 70 averaging Dan Houston who quite frankly you wouldn't want as a D2 and you probably don't even want him as a D3 if we're being completely honest Nick Newman he'll probably be a fringe D1 when he's playing and uh, he's fit when he's playing he's He's fit. Hey, you're only as good as your last game, Stato. And Dan Houston, what did he, I don't know, like 12 or something. Um, so I, I really don't see much downside here. Yes, they come back from injury. But, hey, that just means they're cheap. If he'd been 
putting together 22 games with 86 and 87, well, they wouldn't even be in the conversation together, would they? So I think it's a really easy one. I, I don't see a world where Dan Houston elevates beyond, say, D15 from an average standpoint. There's like 37 guys down in that Adelaide, Port Adelaide back line, and they all do the same thing. There's no way he's getting into the midfield. At least Nick Newman shows a ceiling of being a usable defender on a weekly basis, not someone you can just pick up off the waiver wire. Look, this was the most interesting uh, one, to be honest. I, I, I'm just glad we did it. Uh, I'm, I'm just glad that I can announce to the listeners that I'll be selecting neither one. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Like Nick Newman, for an he'll pump you out 80s, and that's maybe a little bit underrated for you, someone that you can draft in a, a D4 or 5 yeah. range. You know what I see is like 90s average, 20 games, 2 games, 30 average, 80, 85, 15 games. That's Alex Witherden. Mm. Yes, yes. Oh, except he's just got a different name, so that's fine. Okay. Uh, On to the listener. That's that's all our debates, listeners. You can uh, go vote for Stato on Twitter <laughs> as soon as this podcast <laughs> is out. I feel like I got a bit angrier as the show went on. That's good, mate. Well done. I've had four of these four of these uh, Squire zeros, and they've uh, really started to oh, hit the singing syrups getting to me. <laughs> anyway, so the listeners uh, really responded in force with this one. We had um, a lot of them we were really similar on. So Russ has got Crisp versus Maynard. I mean, come on, come on, really, Crisp. Do you uh, want do you want us to give a one word answers to these? Yeah, yeah. Let's just do that. Sure. Let's just yeah. do it. Unless we get a. So I'll go. Funny. I'll go first, and then you follow, Cam. So crisp, crisp. Yeah, Will Day, CJ. Will Day. I'm going to go CJ, actually. Yeah. Uh, Steve Jack Martin versus the inanimate carbon rod. It's a clear. You got victory. a diorama Jack, out of that. Jack Martin just. Actually, yeah, high yeah. on Martin this year. <laughs> yeah, I can't quit him either. Uh, Warney, were the fans r- wrong on the AFL Insta stories? Uh, they had Cogs versus Dusty, and Dusty got eighty-three percent of the vote. Here we are doing wow. doing uh, Warney's work for him. I'd suggest yeah. that's accurate. I think yeah. Dusty's going to be good. We all had Dusty in front, to be honest. So we might have just been the ones voting on it. Frio asks Bailey versus Butters. Oh, Butters. Bailey. Oh, just Ben. Ben asks Raul versus Caldwell. We all had that was a really popular question, so I won't ask it again. But we all had Raul way higher. Yep. Uh, Bundy and Coke Libba versus Schoenberg. Schoenberg. Really? Libba was pretty good last year. Yeah. He's always solid. Yeah. I think he's much better in Supercoats than he is overall fantasy. Yeah. Uh, MJ, Coaches Panel. Love that show. Definitely check out their stuff. Uh, Jai Simpkin versus Lockie Neal. I mean, in Supercoats, it's got to be Neal, but... Ooh, I, I did uh, look at this because we had a couple of people ask about this one. I was the only person with Simkin in front of Neil, but it was by one spot. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right too. 
Uh, we've all got Simpson in the uh, top 25. So we're we're all expecting a, another big step by Jai. Yeah, I just see there's a world where he could be one of those guys who bangs into the top five. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, if everything breaks that right way. Pack and yeah. Sand asks, Braden Campbell versus J-Mac, Justin McInerney. Ooh. Uh, Justin McInerney. J-Mac by the length of uh, the Flemington. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Noah Answorth versus Brandon Stasevich. Ooh. That Answorth by the length of Yeronga. They're both coming back from injuries, but I don't think either of them are fantasy relevant. Markov versus Powell. 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 I don't think Markov's going to be in the best 22. Ooh. He was good running off halfback, to be honest. Yeah, he was good, but like, Weller's going to go back there. Powell will yeah. go back there. Buderick will come back. I don't know how convinced I am that Weller goes back. I think he might just be on the wing. He's back. Why? He's training back. Who's training on the wing? Back. Um, Frogger asks, Rob versus Omak? Uh, Rob. It's Rob, but I want Omak. Tim English versus Dugowie as forwards. Dugowie. Dugowie. Short versus Ridley. I think we've all got short higher. Short, yep. Fruity Lexia versus a fresh dry white. Oh, fresh dry. I don't even know what you just said. I like a I like a Pinot Grigio. I mean, I did when I was drinking. Mm. Not anymore. Mm. Taylor asks, Will Day versus Will Powell? Will Powell. Powell. Zach, Warple versus Sarong. Sarong. I, I think it's going to end up being way closer than people think, but I... I We'll go Didn't you have well. Sarong like 18? Yeah, I moved him down a little bit, but I actually think Warple's coming up good this year. He says um, Sarong's got an injury. He's just got a hand injury. It's a hand, so and he's still yeah. training. He, he was yeah. in full contact training. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Gorn Fritchin asks, Anderson versus Rauer. We did that one. Nick, uh, McRae versus Titch. Uh, Titch. Yeah, Titch. Yeah. We've, we've, we've all got Titch we've all got Titch, yeah. Uh Carla asks, Polter versus Finlay. Finlay. Polter. Yeah, I'm on Polter. Way easy on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, she also mm-hmm. asked about Sean Darcy. We did that one. Mm-hmm. Real Oogie Boogie. Three-way face-off. Miller versus McRae versus Titch. Or we just kind of did that. We all had Titch. Yeah. Then yep. McRae, then Took. Yeah. Justo asked, Brochure versus Walsh. Or we did that one. Daniel, Mundy versus Kennedy. Battle of the 38-year-old mids. <laughs> oh, that's tough. I'm going to go Kennedy. Oh, just looking back at the first half of last season, I'll, I'll just say Mundy. But hasn't he got an injury now? Yeah. JPK. Uh, Stonecutter, Selwood versus Cochin. That, that's a uh, nil, nil all draw. Yeah, I was about to say, no, no one wins that one. Nick asks, Cornelio versus Tarrant. Wait, we did that one. Yep. yep. Milne. Tarrant won. M- mil- Mid price rebound. Milne, get out of here with your salary cap shit. But Rao versus Sicily. 
Interpositional. Wow. Uh, Rao. I'm going to go Sicily. I, I think Sicily's going to play forward. He training with the backs. Is he? Yeah. Because that was my concern as well. But uh, yeah, training with the backs. Dylan, Darcy Tucker versus George Hewitt. Stato, your, your Jags moving into the midfield. Yeah, double Jag. Um, I think I've got Hewitt just ahead of Tucker. Because he's in my rankings, up, right? and I mean just, just. Well, no longer. <laughs> if you go, if you oh, go you to the draft kit, yeah, you asked me to. Elliot Yo versus Matt Crouch. Uh, uh, Elliot Yo. I'm going to go with Matt Crouch, but it, I'm oh, no I'm confidence. It feels like I got Yo high because he's had at least a better preseason. Yep. Anyway, yep. Taran versus Dugowie. Dugowie. Wits versus Rob. Oh, so you th- you're pondering that one. Yeah, I'm going to go Taran because I've got a funny feeling Dugowie's actually going to play as a forward. Mm. Wits versus Rob. Rob. Yeah, I've got, I've got Wits way down. Mm-hmm. Jono, Cogs versus Trelaw. It's probably Cogs. Yeah. Is it? I thought we all had Trelaw higher. I almost certainly do have Trelaw higher, but I don't feel confident drafting him where I've got him. And also he's got Tucker versus Sicily. Tucker. Always back someone that's inside mid. Mm. <laughs> um, Sarong and Yo. Did we do Sarong and Yo already? No, we Sarong. didn't. Yo. Sarong. Yeah, I've got no... I can't... They must be close in my ranks. Mm. Must be... Mm. Jim Bob, Parfit versus Jack Graham. Ultimate footy specific. Oh. Jack Graham by a mile. I, I reckon he explodes this year. Really? Yeah. I'll, I'll go path it, but only because he's got your position in ultimate. Yeah, so he's a Geelong guy. Where, where, where. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's, and, that's and, all it is. and he only had a serious hamstring injury in the offseason. Yeah, but he looks lean. It, only one serious hamstring injury. Oh, you got two. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, Sam asks, Rosie versus Rayner. Rosie. I'm I'm hot on the the Port Twins. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go Rayner. I, I reckon he. And but that being said, I both I think they're both going to be not great. Oh, yep. Simon asks Shame. Parish versus Keys. Who? Parish versus Keys. Uh, I I reckon Keys has got less chance to get kicked out of his role. So Keys. I'm going to go Parish because I I think they're going to double down on Parish and he'll he's going to. Go absolutely ham this year. Hope you're right. Uh, another Caldwell right. versus Raul. Um We had heaps of that. Are they pri- they price similarly? Cam, is that what you? Yeah, told re- me? it's yeah. super close. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, get the fuck out of here with your salary cap. We don't love you, people. Hey, hey, uh, hey, hey! You were nice <laughs> and sweet at the start. Couple, <laughs> of, couple of no alcohol s- drinks and whoa! Look coming. 
Coming in with the salary cap hype. Come on. What is that? Uh, Yoni asks, Laird versus Merritt. Woo, that's a good one. I'm going to go Merritt. Yeah, I just, for pure consistency over quite a few years, um, Merritt. James asks, Sarong versus... Oh, we've already had that. Dr. Hector Von Colossus versus Hank Scorpio. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's it's Hank. It it is Hank. Got to be Hank. Uh, Matt Lachlan asks Willem Drew versus Pat Lipinski. Lipinski. Oh, Pat Lipinski by uh, the length of the straight. Yeah. James asks Callum Mills versus Rory Laird. Cam, you've cooled on Mills. Yeah, just uh, Ooh, I have I. I think he'll still be good and he'll be great in for round two, but he needs to build fitness after that. He's finally apparently overcome that Achilles thing, but he's late to the party. Uh, on on the rankings that you can get in the draft kit, you can go online to the website and grab it now. We all have led ahead of meals. Yep. Uh, Dim Slickies asks, Hunter Clark versus Hayden Young. That can't be real. Hun- yeah, Hunter Clark. Yeah. Chris Goulden versus Zach Bailey. Who was the first one? Goulden. I have Zach Bailey, but I think it'll be very close. Yeah, I think close to second year blues might be a chance. Bailey keep on stepping up. All right, we've got a few. We're just going to rip through them here because I'm over it. Um, (laughs) I'm hungry. Yes, you can see the look in his eye. That's why he's so angry. He needs a steak or something. Probably can't get it in Darwin. McInerney versus Perryman. 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 Parker versus Boak. Parker. Parker. O'Meara versus Sheed. Sheed. O'Meara. Draper versus Hickey. Draper. Yeah, let him season, said Draper. Rosie versus Golden. Rosie. Dawson versus Heppel. Did we do that? Yeah. Yeah. Weller versus yeah, Dan we Rioli. Weller versus Rioli. Well, uh, Weller. And be close. Weller. Vlosten versus Rioli, Rioli versus Baker. Vlosten. Uh, Vlosten or Vlostone. Baker for me. Really? Bolton for Bolton. Really? Bolton versus Gresham. Bolton. Yeah, did I? Darling and Cey versus Needles. Oh, <laughs> the winner there is the lawyers breaking <laughs> in the dollars. Always, uh, always. Me versus moving off the fence. I will never move off the fence. <laughs> Russ, manscape balls versus hairy balls. Um, yeah, explain, Cam. Well, oh wait, Cam's a big Cam. Cam well, Stato, we got the we got the email like apparently every fantasy football podcast did about partnering with uh what are they called? Is it called Manscaped? Manscaped, yeah. Manscaped to flog their shit. Um, 
Cam thinks it's a great idea. I don't think it fits with our brand in any way, shape, or form. I didn't say it's a great idea, but I did. I'm pretty keen on free things, free swag. Yeah, yeah. We'll revisit that. Let's see what the listeners think. Do you want? Yeah. Do you want us to talk more about men's balls? I mean, I just. What's wrong with a <laughs> matted down shag pile oh. in your crotch or region? Can we I'm move just... on? I think Daniel just made the answer for the listeners. They're going to say, yes, get the swag bag because we don't want to hear about the shag pole. <laughs> you still hungry, Stato? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Daniel asks for Taran versus Zach Butters. Oh, Stato, your head would explode. Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Oh, no. No, I can't do it. Um, yeah, I have to stick with Taran. Just Noah Anderson versus Jai Caldwell. Caldwell. Oh. Really? Because we all had Rao higher than Caldwell and you got Anderson higher than Caldwell. Yes, but with oh, the current situation, lawyers. Oh, is that Noah Anderson? or That's Jared? Noah Anderson. Oh, yeah, Noah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Ruck... Omac versus Scott Lysette. I'm Team Omac. There, and that's it. We got we, we actually did the other ones. Nice, very good. Thank you very much, listeners. We'll be talking players who are moving up and down our ranks next week. Woof. Adjust, mm. we must. So stay tuned. Buy the kit, support the pod, all that sort of stuff, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Draft Doctors Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and review.